207 episode history of the Owls of Americast, Jeff of Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent, I can safely say that Wednesday have never had an unbeaten run of 20 games in the league. Because they've never done it in team history. And we'll talk about that. I am your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, here in suburban Utah. My co-host, Mike Laroon, is probably drinking tea, so I decided to go with something a little bit more complicated for this week's show. Uh, Imbibe Magazine, which uh, imbibe.com is our website. It's a place I often go for recipes, but just drink ideas, inspiration, things like that. And they recently posted a drink called The Wild Fashion from The Wild in Denver, which is a old-fashioned riff. And I did a riff on their riff because it was 6-3-2, to three to two, a combination of rye whiskey, Oloroso sherry, and a orange peel and cardamom oleosaccharum. I only had a Montillado sherry, and when I tried that ratio, I did make the oleosaccharum, to be clear, with orange peels, cardamom, and cinnamon stick. It was a little too sherry forward, and I like sherry. It might just have been because it was uh, Montillado instead of Oloroso. So I moved it to a four to one to one. I have been serving it up like more like a Manhattan style chilled, and that's been quite nice. But I made a double, and you kind of want to ease into that one. So I just poured it over a big cube, which is the way it's uh, supposed to be presented. It's lovely. Um, there's four ounces of rye in here, so we'll see how the rest of the show goes. Uh, but anything to perk up a 1-0 win over Charlton, I suppose. And to talk about it with me in Portland, Oregon, Sarcascadia Owl, Mike Laroon. Mike, what tea are you drinking this week? Oh, Jeff, it's been a, quite a night, so I'm just trying to get warm. I am enjoying a... Uh, I am also trying drink. to get warm. <laughs> yeah, I was out um, Yeah, I was out coaching um, track tonight. And it, again, there's snow everywhere on the ground, but yeah. you know. Runners, runners got to run and coaches got to stand around and yell splits. So there we go. Uh, it's a lemon ginger tea. And I've also thrown together a uh, soda stream concoction with elderberry just to keep the fluids going. But yeah. I got um, woken up by a uh, snow squall last night. We had thunder snow here at like two in the morning. Yeah, so that was beyond the fourth floor. When the wind starts whipping, you do hear it. Ugh. Wow. What you will be hearing this week on the Owls Americast is a Charlton recap, the Wednesday news, and a preview of the posh coming to Hillsborough as Wednesday try to avenge one of their three losses this season. One down, two to go. We'll start with the Charlton game. Uh, I am not, I'll give you my word, but I am not going to embarrass myself uh, the expats in Owls Americas by trying to do a Barry Davis impression. But I will just say, imagine I'm doing this in Barry Davis's voice, 1-0. As he's so uh, with placidly in tone. Uh, so I, I saw this on Twitter. I don't know who posted it. This is their ninth 1-0 win this season. I don't know if that's a large amount. It's a large amount of wins for a Wednesday team. Uh, but did I, you think there were more? I don't know. I don't feel like I thought there were more. Like, I know they've had some not great 1-0s in there, but I did not feel like they're like a 1-0 team. I feel like they've definitely kept a lot of clean sheets, as we know. I feel like they, and then not, their goal-scoring record is very good, but not 
you know, top of the league or anything. So I guess it's not surprising they've won a lot of games 1-0. But is that even a lot of games 1-0? It's what, 9 out of 33 or whatever I, at this point? I, I don't know if that back, is. It's not I a high-scoring sport. <laughs> yeah, I, I went back today to look at the 20-game 20, the 20 run that they're on right now because I mm. thought it would be full of 1-0 wins. And there were, I think there are only six. Yeah. And then, but very most of them have this goal that happens somewhere in the uh, 20 minute 25th minute or whatever. Yeah, I d- yeah. And then they, well, no, it's before 20. There's a, there's yeah. a handful that happen in the first five minutes, and then the rest of them are all kind of that 18, 19 minute mark. And then they just shut down, they shut them down. Yeah. So, uh, Charlton did not, again, I'm not going to say Charlton is playoff chasing at this point. I think they're far enough back of the pack that's not really realistic but they're not a bad team in this league playing at home and when's for whatever reason i'm always a little leery of wednesday going to the valley like it's not like going to derby or going to birmingham was always one that i that i hated when they were in the championship and charlton really haven't been that great i just guess i guess i keep thinking back to the they had an fa cup game at charlton midweek replay and they knew if they were go- if they won, they would get uh, the blades in the quarters. That was the year the, that I think uh, Sheffield United got to the semis. Of course, they were able to beat Charlton. And they lost like 3-2, and Leon Clark had a goal disallowed that shouldn't have been disallowed. I remember listening to it at work and being very annoyed throughout the entire game. I think they drew like 1-1 at Hillsborough, and this was the replay, if I recall correctly. But ever since then, I've just like not enjoyed going to the Valley, even though I think our record against Charlton is fairly good all in all. But man, they, uh, I thought in the first half, especially they just absolutely dominated this game and should have been two, three, four goals clear. Um, and that didn't, didn't end up happening. So it ended up being a one, no win. I thought the performance overall was good. They, I don't know. Like I, I was never, I'm now at the point where I wasn't concerned about them allowing an equalizer late, but Cam Dawson had to do some stuff to preserve the win. There were, there were some plays. Um, but I guess you didn't ask, but my one word is, are we getting cocky? Um, it just, it, I'm, I'm watching the game. They, they score the goal early and you just sit back and you watch it. And, you know, Palmer was just, a little unlucky not to get the second. Like it, it was he had to shoot through a lot of legs there, and he almost so, through. It was a little tougher than the first one, where he basically had to tight the net to shoot for. I went back and watched the game, the the Milton Keynes highlights, where he was in the when he hit the post. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about Liam Palmer being in the box three times in two <laughs> games, where he was the? I mean, first I mean, of all, the is, one where he scored. The one where he scored, I make fun of Hoosiers and all that stuff on the time, but that was just the most fundamental passing in the box. Well, this was and like he, he was acting like a number 10, right? Because the striker yeah. pulls, creates the space because the center back tracks him. He just he just wanders into the space as the ball is going over to to Jalen Brown, and it's a simple and, a simple finish from there. Well, if well one of those simple finishes, if he didn't have too much time on his hands, he yeah. may have missed it. But, yeah, it was uh, clinical, yeah. You know, that whole yeah, move I is mean, great. That's, that's, the, you know, uh, Bannon making the late run to the edge of the box to pick up the crossfield ball. Not even crossfield ball, but the ball rolled in there. To the middle of the square ball, I think it was from Windass, who was moving out. Uh, 
he was almost playing at right wing back with Palmer tucking in at times, which I know is something they like to do. They like to do the, the center backs doing the uh, runs to overload whatever side it is, whether it's you know Palmer on the right or you know Reese James on the left is on a, a fair bit of them as well. And like Charlton really did not have an answer for them at any point in time. They were just toying with them in the first half. Obviously Bannon, you know, scraped the paint and the keeper didn't think it was going to be anywhere near. I didn't think it was going to be anywhere near off his yeah. off his foot either. He just curled it. That was something. They had a couple other opportunities uh, but in the first that's half as not, well. But. I went back to watch the MK Don's first half mm-hmm. because I wanted to see like this, both those games could have been over at halftime. Yeah. Um, should have been over at halftime. And I mean, I, I don't know why they're not falling in, but it's it's still it's fun to watch I, i'm really enjoying everything about that right now that's always the danger too i know they've won a lot of these one nil games and kept a lot of clean sheets but you do create a situation where you know one mistake at the back can open something up and all of a sudden you're you know you're walking away with with one point instead of three uh you know we should note that argyle drew at the weekend so they're now two points clear with a game in hand i believe they're Eight over Ipswich with the game in hand. They were three points clear. Hold on. Are they three points clear? Argyle lose. I thought Argyle. I thought Argyle drew, but. Well, oil machine here. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, it's great. We do a lot of research. We have a we have a document definitely with all kinds of things to talk about. Uh, we have seventy one to sixty eight, so we are three points. So clear. Argyle lost today. Okay, Argyle lost to the, yes. uh, Oh, that's right. Oh, they yeah, did. They gave up. They gave up five. Then they lost to literally Peterborough. to Peterborough. Yeah. Uh, you know, Peterborough is actually coming. Sure, in, maybe in, maybe in, Justin I, was trying to tell us that. I don't know. I know he did not put that specifically in their uh, in their form table, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's yeah, and it was. Like, I I won't. I don't know if I was concerned on last week's show coming into this game, but it did feel like a game where they might only get away with a point. Right, mid table team at home. Tough place to go play. You know, Charlton really didn't set up particularly defensively. They just didn't offer anything uh, going forward, really. Um, I guess it's Rokusaki I now learned from the, the broadcast. He did look a little dangerous at times, but I right. thought they contained him all right. Yeah. And, you know, they had a little bit of a, of a tweak to the back three. So I guess Reese James picked up a knock and... I didn't think Iorfa had a great game, but all in all, I thought it was. Uh, yeah, I, I still Aiden Flint is. is Aiden angry Flint, I just love watching yeah. the man get yeah. win headers. Yeah, I just love watching him win headers and how far they so go how, when he hits them. He's what six six five. I mean, he. Uh, I mean, he's he's, he's, a, he's tall. He's more. I I think of more of as like a of a unit than a, a tall guy, but he might be. Uh, yeah, he's he's up there. I don't think he's a new. He's listed at six six. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, uh, well, he only plays like he's seven. So <laughs> he's listed. He's listed at six six, one hundred and sixty eight pounds. I'm gonna guess he's a little bigger than that. Yeah, he is. No, that is no. That's minute ball. Look, there was there was one like he had a little bit of a. I won't call it like a cock up or anything like that, but he had a little bit of a, not great. Like moment with the ball at his feet, but again, I don't really need to see him with the ball at his feet at any point in time. No. To see him hitting headers from the edge of the box to the center circle, which is what he does very, very well at this level. And I thought Fameo was, looked good too. He was too. fine. He had, a couple, he had a couple missteps. Uh, he gave away some fouls and uh, 
dangerous areas, but it wasn't like again, it was just again Charlton just I guess Charlton just offered less than I was expecting. Like I don't think they'll be able to get away with being this uh wasteful in the final third against Peterborough this weekend, but you know, they're I know they're what, very good at home right now. I know what you mean about those away games to those yeah, mid table teams that you expect to win maybe, but yeah. It was really great. Yeah, uh, I don't. I would also want to bring in the the, the Jaden Brown. Um, he got the assist, but it's just nice. It's nice that the that Moore has the confidence to bring him in over. You know, yeah, he didn't really have a choice with the. We should talk. I mean, I was going to do it in the Wednesday news, but Marvin Johnson picked up a three game suspension for violent conduct. Yeah. I guess there's video somewhere. Maybe they went into the broadcast room at Hillsborough <laughs> since they didn't put it on the. Uh, I guess it was at Ipswich. I guess they could probably got it from Ipswich, but uh they found the video somewhere i did enjoy someone someone tweeted out a picture of uh, a photo like a drawing a very crude drawing of like marvin johnson elbowing a player in an ipswich uh jersey and said this is what the an artist rendering from the south stand or whatever or what happened which i enjoyed like look i i i'm not saying marvin johnson didn't elbow the player in the face it's very possible that he did in the in the course of stuff that happens during a during a corner kick scrum, but just the whole the whole last month of these weird lino decisions have kind of. Uh, well, when we get to yeah. Wednesday news, we can talk about the MK Don's punishment too, as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I got nothing on that. Uh, I, I so Jaden Brown, you know, had had the assist, could have had a second one for Palmer's other goal. I don't think he had a great game. He there were a lot of times when he was kind of an outlet. And I think he was expecting the ball to to come like a little bit firmer or, or more getting him in space or you know leading him at his feet, and he just didn't quite get there. And so I thought some of his passing was a little short as well too. Like, I don't think it was like a, a abject performance, but I. Uh, would like to see Reese James or I think Marvin Johnson in that spot. Yep. And I got Larry Denner in at right wing and play Palmer on the left too is a, uh, is an option. Well, I thought a Denner in at right wing back, which I think he played a little bit. So when a Denner in too. Yeah. A Denner in got subbed in. Where, where did he end up playing? I think he played right wing back and they moved Palmer. He didn't play right. Side, okay. Yeah. yeah. Would have been interesting to see what happens. So. But yeah. Marvin Johnson will miss the, the Peterborough and the Portsmouth game. They'll be back for, you know, the Bolton and Barnsley week, which is going to be obviously a, a fairly pivotal week, pivotal week in Wednesday season. Those are a bit down the line. That covers the Charlton game. Now we'll take a break, come back to the Wednesday news and talk about Peterborough at Hillsborough. <laughs> Welcome back. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. We talked about February Player of the Month uh, last week, but I think Liam Palmer probably put his stamp on it with the yes. performance against Charlton. So we'll see how the voting plays out. But We do have some news from the MK Dons game. 
that uh, Mike alerted me to. Uh, MK Dodds have been fined at $2,500 for what is like conduct unbecoming of a footballer or something? Uh, no, as the players failed to conduct themselves in an orderly fashion <laughs> in the 54th minute. So that was after the Lee Gregory goal. And as if you remember, they were all immediately screaming for a handball, even before the ball ended up at, uh, was it Josh Windass's feet so, in the corner? Or was Marvin okay, Johnson? Okay, so if you are... If you are roughing up the, I'm not to say roughing up, that implies touching. But if you yeah. are surrounding the official, yes, they have been cracking the down on. They've been cracking down on. Can the official give out cards? Can the official give out a card? They do. They don't usually unless you use like the magic words, as we'd say in baseball, that okay. will get you run. Um, it depends. It's going to depend on the the situation and the official but yeah i think they have been kind of trying to crack down on this stuff a little bit i don't know if a 2500 hundred dollar fine or 2500 pound fine is going to do it but <laughs> and just another yeah. continuing the officials the term in uh in sort of baseball commentary or baseball twitter specifically when this kind of stuff happens it's called uh it's called ump show like hashtag ump show the idea that uh you know, the umps think, or in this case, referee think that the, the fans came to see them, right? That's the, you know, Mike Dean. If you've ever watched Mike Dean referee a game, yes. that kind of, uh, yeah. Uh, there's certainly some uh, MLB umpires would fit into that category as well. I thought the, I thought okay. that, you know, the officiating in the MK Don's game was fine. Like, I didn't really notice it, right? I think in a way that, like even the Charlton game, like Charlton game one was a weird one, right? Because it felt like the first half he was getting cards out for pretty much everything. And the second half was yeah. much, much more sort of just let him play, like swallow your whistle stuff. You'd like a little more consistency. But again, I didn't think there was anything uh, there. I know there was a bit of the Charlton manager wasn't thrilled about the IORFA challenge, which was not a good challenge. Uh, I did not think it was a red card, but I've seen him given basically. Like I thought it was... Not that much. I mean, the Reese James one was probably worse, and we'll talk about that when we get to the the Peterborough yeah. uh, preview. But but again, with the way the EFL is retroactively yeah, punishing people, we should knows, uh, sure. yeah give give it three weeks, and the Iofa is going to be sitting. So a little bit more Wednesday news. Unsurprisingly, Wednesday have sold out there. Way allocation at Portsmouth. Maybe I'm not, it's still unsurprising. It's a very long drive, but it's still unsurprising at this point. We'll get to the Pompey game next week. Before we get to the Portsmouth game at the weekend, I did want to highlight a Joe Cran article at the Sheffield Star talking about, obviously, Wednesday, uh, as reported first on Owls America's, or Owls America's, I'm sure you haven't heard anywhere else, when they have broken their club record for most consecutive games unbeaten in the league. Like, look, I, I before we get into the, the Joe Cran article, I do want to say, club has been around since 1867. That is kind of impressive, right? Like, they've won first division titles. You know, obviously, the last time they had 19 unbeaten, it was 60-61. Yes. They won, I don't know what division it was at the time. I'm guessing not first division, but I don't know if it was second division or third division at that point. I do think we get, you know, you asked if we're getting, if they were getting cocky in the, match review i don't know if we are we getting complacent are we not enjoying this as much as we should i know it's league one they get like we're gonna get some crazy records they can break and you can't i mean say you can't choose your level of competition 
there's a pyramid. You actually can, to an extent, choose your level yes. of competition. But Wednesday are where they are. And I feel like 20 matches unbeaten is... Like, I remember the Dave Jones run, obviously, at the end of their last uh, League One promotion, which was great. But um, I don't know, they've had some big wins in here. They've had some I, late drama. I am not feeling complacent because when I look at who is in the top six and top eight of the League One, mm-hmm. this is a hard, this is a tough league. And there are going to be it? some very, <laughs> well, is it? There's going to be some very disappointed fan bases. There are some teams, yeah. and then you look at the bottom half of the championship, and there, yeah. there are some teams who deserve to be up in the championship. But we're not going to go up. No, I mean, I under, I understand um, what you're saying, but I am not complacent. I'm enjoying it. Um, I will still look back on this and go, yeah, but it was League One. But you know, even when you look at the the fans who make the trip and you see the players celebrating at the in front of them and at the in the valley this week, it was it was great. It's it's exciting. Um, I should relish it. So to the Joe Cran article, he's he's earmarked five records, additional records that Wednesday could beat this year. I just want to go through them because they're fun. Um, he does point out that they would have, if they didn't get back the two goal cushion at Ipswich, would have also broken the record for most consecutive wins on the bounce in the league. Obviously, they've uh, it would have been ten wins consecutively. Again, I. T- I don't think we're enjoying enough the fact that they've won nine out of their last 10 games and drawn the other one, but here we are. Uh, so to break that record, it's three in a row instead. So they would need to win their next seven matches, which this is the tricky part of their schedule. I don't see that's uh, particularly likely, but the points one is more interesting, right? Uh, the 93 points that the last league won promotion campaign saw, Man, they're at seventy-one right now. They had twenty they twenty-three points in their last what is it, thirteen games left? Fourteen? Are they, at, are they at thirty-two or the Yeah. So fourteen games left? They're on a yeah. over two point a game. They're on forty-two over, points left. Forty two yeah. points on the they're board. They're well over a two point a game pace. I know the schedule this month is a little trickier. The April schedule is not in any way, shape, or form tricky. Right. Um, I think they will probably break this fairly easily. If they don't, it's going to be a different kind of podcast for the next two months. <laughs> well, maybe not, a, not, not that different a kind of podcast. You might be somewhat familiar with that kind of podcast from various points in the last five years of this podcast. But most uh, uh, goal machines, we'll do that next one next. So they they need to score 47 goals in their next 14 matches to break their record of 106, which was in the 58 to 59 season, which again, a slightly different, they're probably playing like the WM then. I don't even know what they would have been uh, playing in the 58, 59 season in terms of formation. It's not quite mob football, but slightly more attacking uh, tactics at that point in time, uh, I would imagine. Jeff, yeah. th- this team's not scoring three goals again. No, they're they're just not going. Yeah, not going to happen. No. Most points ever. So this one, this one's interesting to me. 
So Reading had a 106-point season in 2005-2006. They would need to get 35 points out of the last 42. I don't think this is likely. It's tantalizing, though. They're on like a 102-point pace. I know, so they but you don't need to on... play that much above it. Okay, so when they finish off this 10-game win streak, we'll revisit this. <laughs> so I think part of the problem is if they play on a pace where they can get to 106 points, they're going to have promotion locked up by like five matches to go, at which point, like, how hard are you really pushing for the record? Right. Maybe they're driven by that, right? The idea that you can set a EFL record. Well, the, the players and the coach have all said now, and I remember Darren Moore saying this about a month ago, he wants first. He wants he to wants win first. So, yeah, I guess it depends on how Plymouth uh, runs So, it depends well, on who himself. pushes them, yeah. It's, they only dropped seven points, so that's like... Gives you a loss in two draws, basically, in the rest of the way. I mean, you can map it out, right? They're really good at home. Like, I don't know. It's tough. The fact that it's even in the conversation is pretty interesting. Obviously, you want to see them to get to get to 100 points, right? Because that's just a cool number, generally. And I think they've got a pretty good shot at getting there. 106 might be... A, might be a bit much. <laughs> they can break the uh, Port Vale record for clean sheets in 1953-1954, by keeping 11 clean sheets with 14 games to go. Uh, Very good defensive record. Probably not uh, not all that likely. Yeah. So the the funny thing about these records is. Yeah, it would ha- it would take the combination of all these clean sheets gotta to get say, them all, and we get all and we get all the records. Keeping thirty clean sheets in the fifties is pretty damn impressive. I know the Port Vale pitch probably wasn't in like incredibly great condition in uh, 1953, 1954. Especially considering how bad Port Vale is pitches right now. Yeah, yeah. I saw the it was the anniversary of Wednesday uh, winning the League Cup semi over. Chelsea and they showed the video I saw a lot of retweets of the Danny Wilson goal right the little little half volley from outside the area and just the state of the Hillsborough pitch in uh, February in 91 was uh, yeah I mean it was basically brown yeah if if you're on Twitter and you're not following crap 90s football yeah um, yeah. do yourself a favor that is not a crap finish that's a great finish yes but I mean I'm talking about the pitches though are Mm -hmm. just shocking That is the Wednesday news. We now head to the Peterborough preview as they come to Hillsborough at the weekend. Take it away, Justin's notes. So Peterborough are tied for eighth. Uh, 16 wins, three draws, 13 losses, plus 13 goal difference. Seven points back of six with the game in hand. So they are definitely promotion chasing. They are going to come here looking to get a result. Uh, they are... Five wins, no draws, two losses under Darren Ferguson, who replaced uh, Grant, Grant McCann, who was fired January 4th. So they've actually gotten a little uh, little bit of a push up to the promotion places. They're in pretty good form recently. We'll get more to manager and tactic stuff in a second. Their away form is not quite as good. Uh, six wins, one draw, nine losses, minus one goal difference. 
In the form table, it's pretty mid-table. Um, out of their last six matches, they have bagged 10 points, although they did have that big win against Plymouth on Saturday. They actually played today, and Justin said he was going to update their form table. He did not, so I will now see what Peterborough United did today. Uh, they, they drew with Charlton. Friends. They drew with they, Charlton. They played no, our no. friends at Charlton, yeah. yeah. Um, so not a great result for them, in all honesty, especially at home, it looks like. so. They also have a midweek fixture to deal with, which uh, Wednesday do not. So they'll have fresher legs coming in to the match of the weekend. Uh, the last game, of course, I said they have to avenge a loss. This was the uh, Reese James red card. They lost 2-0 at the Weston Homes Stadium. I also had the George Byers, Jamie Smith uh, touchline kerfluffle, which has not really been an issue since. So not to worry, but that is a thing that happened. Who are they? They're in Petersboro in Cambridgeshire. Formed in 1934, they joined the EFL in 1960, generally been a third-slash-fourth division squad. They have a rivalry, unsurprisingly, with Cambridge United. They are the posh. Uh, I think we mentioned this in the first match. Early managers looking for posh players for a posh club. There's no other There's no other sp- nicknames. There's no other teams that have, like, Spice Girls nicknames, I'm realizing. There's Just no think baby. About that. Sporty. They're sporty. The Sporting Lisbon? Could you call Sporting Lisbon the Sporties? I don't There's got to be some that. ginger. There's got to be some gingers ginger, out there. Yeah, fair enough. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, Grant McCann Maybe. was their manager to start the season. He was, as I said, fired January 4th. Replaced by Darren Ferguson. Yes, the son of Sir Alex. He had his... Uh, he was a star Wrexham. Uh, although not... I don't believe featured in... Uh, Uh, we are. What is the Wrexham? I don't remember the show. Is it just we are Wrexham? Welcome, welcome to Wrexham. Jesus, this is. I'm. I'm still got about an ounce and a half of the four ounces of rye left in this. You know, this is a third stint managing the posh. He uh, didn't wasn't damn a great success at Preston and was okay at Doncaster. Plays a four two three one, as you would expect at this level. Session based, counter quickly, and tries to you know force turnovers in midfield and have a center. Central midfielders get it out wide or get it through the through the channel to get crosses into the box. Wingers, a lot of movement, attacking-minded. So again, a very standard kind of League One tactics we've seen, at least for like the better clubs. I, I, I'm trying to think back to the first game, which was a long time ago at this point. But I don't remember being particularly impressed with them up until the red card which obviously changed the game this was a midweek in august and mm. i had to look it up and i was in fact i watched it i do remember I was watching in fact it in but... a high rise in philadelphia and i did i think i actually i think i might have still been in connecticut for this one i feel like i watched it on my laptop on my dining room table i, I didn't see it i did go back today and look for that red card yeah that's pretty rough Players of note, uh, they do have the League One leading goal scorer, Jonathan, Johnson Clark Harris, is their forward. Good in the air and hold up. Deadly with the left foot inside the area. Poacher, he also won the League One Golden Boot Award two years ago. 
Their right side is one to keep an eye on, probably even more so with Marvin Johnson still out at the weekend. Uh, Joe Ward, their right back, has four goals and seven assists, and their right attacking midfielder, Kwame Poku, has four goals and six assists. So keep an eye on how uh, Wednesday set up on the left side of the defense. Other players of note, Efren Mason-Clark, who's on the left side of their attacking three, has four goals and five assists. Jack Taylor, the central midfielder, has five goals and two assists. They score feels like a team that scores a fair bit of goals. Uh, you know, 53 goals so far this season. So they also conceded 40. So I did not also did not mention any defenders in Justin's players of note. So this one might be Sign. a little more open. We might get another uh, another 5-2, possibly, like the uh, MK Dons game. Sure, why not? Yeah. This one might have goals in it, is all I'm saying. Again, this is, this is the business end of the table. They're at home. They need to get three points here. I know Peterborough are... Chasing promotion, just got a good result against Plymouth. I don't think it's going to be easy, per se, but get the points. This is the this is the time. You know, Petersburg, Portsmouth, Barnsley, and Bolton, they can really put some distance between them and the three to six, the playoff teams at this point. With, and then we have the, the then we have FGR. And we have, then we have FGR. And four screen rovers, yeah, yeah. Bang, so... Yeah. Uh, do we have any other business? We do have other business. Yeah. See, we are getting just about a month out from the national meetup. Patty wanted me to tell you that the shirts have been ordered and he will distribute them at some point in Charleston. I don't know when. Hopefully he has good notes on who ordered what size. I think it went fine last year. So I can't imagine Patty will be drunker. So that's <laughs> probably... Uh... It, it, is, it is nice worth this weird part of the table a weird part of the season where starting in starting in mid-march we have games on friday tuesday sunday wednesday they only have like like only like five games left are the saturday 3 p.m slot in england so a lot of this is they've gotten matches pushed because of the cheltenham pitch and then the they had the barnsley match pushed because the fao so they've gotten stuff pushed to midweek i don't think this is very uncommon but like the four yeah which game stayed on saturday at, at 3 p.m so the important thing is for the national meetup. I don't remember who they're playing. Is it Cheltenham? No, it's Lincoln. not Cheltenham. Lincoln. It's one of the. Yeah, it's one of the. Yeah. It's Lincoln City. It's not inconceivable that they can clinch promotion in that game. Not likely, but not inconceivable, depending on how this next month goes. Um, you know, if they can batter Barnsley and Bolton, that's going to be a be a strong step towards it. I looked this up today. Bolton only have three matches in March in the league. It's uh, Wednesday, Ipswich, and Morecambe, I think. But don't they have a Wembley trip coming up? They do have a Wembley trip coming up. Yeah. But only three games in the week. We do, wow, have, we, we do have one other, uh, one other bit of business. I don't know if I'm to make this a, a regular feature, but this came up in the WhatsApp group this week. Uh, we had to inform, I think it was Evan, about Bovril and the existence oh. of Bovril. And I just said it's it's uh, bone broth that make it Midlands, basically. It's like a thing, like so, like beef consomme, you know, the beef stock, like the drinkable I, beef stock well, was like yeah. a thing in New York. They had like food trucks doing it, if I recall correctly, a couple of years ago. 
two hours ago, I was standing on a track in snow Sometimes <laughs> watching you want people run, and I'm jealous. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, if I had a cup of noodles right here, it'd be fine. And I was yeah. like, I'm sure I poured chicken stock or beef stock into a mug years ago. Now, is Bovril, this is the good thing for the two Americans to be disgusting. Yeah. Is Bovril closer to beef stock or is it closer to gravy? Do we know? I've never had Bovril. There is a British... Uh, I don't know the really a British import store. I mean, what's called? It's called like Taste of England or something. Let me look this up. I don't. Yeah, I know we have similar, and I don't, I don't know how I've never good looked. little never ta- looked little Bob, little taste of Britain. Okay. So it is. It's a retail shop primarily, but they do serve like fish and chips and meat pies. I do not know how good the meat pies in Leighton, Utah, are going to be. I guess I could find out at some point. Uh, let me see what they uh, what they have here. So this is the so they have a beef and onion pie, which seems pretty traditional. Ground beef, onion, and gravy. They have a battered sausage with chips. They have a sausage roll. Uh, I'm trying to look at what like. That's like they they offer mushy peas, curry sauce. They have all the uh, all the fixing. They have a steak and kidney pie. In addition to the beef and onion pie, I'm seeing that now. I wanted to see if they had. Uh, like what else they have? Like like the. All right, I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna list off some things. This will make no sense. Either me or Mike, but for our British listeners, maybe they'll appreciate it. Um, they do. They do have pork back bacon, which I might actually pick up because I do like using that. Uh, they have something. They have Heinz's baked beans. Obviously, that is a, that is a thing. They have something called uh, the Vimto can and the Tizer can. These look like sodas of some sort. Spell the first one. Vimto. V I M T O. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I do love the the British approach to uh, cookies or biscuits, as I suppose they would call them. Uh, I'm just <laughs> McVitie's digestives box. This yes. does not sound appetizing. No, it digestives. Just looks like a cookie. Again, that's one of those words that threw me yeah. off forever, and then yeah, they're fine. It's just it's just a cookie. Uh, they do offer both a, a Chelsea lunch bag, a Manchester City lunch bag, and a Fly Emirates lunch bag, but no Sheffield Wednesday lunch bag. I'll have to have a conversation with them about that. I am I'm scrolling yeah. through Bang- my, my international grocery here yeah. to see. They've got bangers, they've got Irish bacon, you know, the the usual stuff I think you would I wanted to see if they had I got I was primarily looking to see if they had Bovril. I have not found actual uh bovril yet they have prince's pressed cod row they have a haggis tin you know what oh hot dog yeah i mean yeah we have to take a little trip yeah my my son's birthday is uh burns night he's born on robert burns birthday and i always tell him he's gonna have such a good time in college when his friends all want haggis they've got hobnobs we've uh i know i've had those before yeah, it's like a decent selection of uh, 
Oh, they do have HP sauce. I need HP sauce. I don't think I drive up there. I have not had HP sauce reasonably, and that's... Uh, I'm not seeing uh, Hendo's, so, though. I've not found Hendo's yet. If you're listening now and you are, uh, you have some good Bovril stories or ideas yeah. for us, please tweet them out. What am I missing? I don't know. I'll take a drive up to Leighton. One of these. Uh, one of these days. Uh, I think that's it. You've listened to episode 207 of the Owls AmeriCast. Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Also Instagram. The podcast intro and bumpers I fell Wednesday is forever in the maker. It's a podcast wherever you get podcasts. Just search for the Owls Americast. And you can listen or subscribe right there. And wherever you do listen to the Owls Americast, we ask you rate and review the show. This helps more Wednesday to find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, can I interest you in a Norfolk Manor wine gums carton? Wine gums are the wine bomb. gums. Yeah, yeah. I'll take wine gums any day. I'll take wine gums any day. But uh, again, wine gums it has it makes about as much sense as grape nuts. So yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, I like wine gums all the time. I am on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and I'll be back here. Munching on some clotted cream toffees next week.